Hi, I'm Gregory Dickow, and thanks for joining me on today's podcast. If you're one of our regular listeners, thank you for your continued journey with me. My prayer is that each and every message touches your heart and helps you encounter the real Jesus and rise to your true worth and purpose. Now, we release new messages every single week available to everyone in the world for absolutely free. And the reason we can do that is because we have precious people who give generously and sacrificially each and every week. If you're a regular giver, I'm truly thankful for you. I can't thank you enough, in fact. And if you haven't taken that step yet, I want to invite you to join us today. Simply visit lifechangerschurch.com slash give. That's lifechangerschurch.com slash give to make a one-time gift or even better yet, become a recurring giver here at Life Changers. Finally, I hope today's message truly encourages you, builds you up, and reveals to you how powerful you really are. Enjoy and God bless. three important gifts that God gives us because he is our heavenly father and because he loves us. And I want to talk about three of these gifts. There's many more than just these three, but there's three in this passage of scripture that I want to take you to because it's in Genesis chapter 37. And in Genesis chapter 37, Jacob has 12. He has 12 sons. And one of his sons is Joseph. And in Genesis chapter 37, verse one, it says. Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings in the land of Canaan, and these are the generations of Jacob. And he starts with Joseph. Now, Joseph was not the oldest son, but this is where Jacob starts. This is how God worked in Jacob's life and in Joseph's life. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpha, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now, I want to alert you to the fact that God can use you even when you're immature and God wants to use you even when you're immature and God can use you in the most profound ways, even in the midst of your immaturity. Let us not limit how God can use us because Joseph was 17 years old, it says here. And I know we have a lot of young people. We have champion youth and and we have champion parenting and we have champion thinking and we have and we're all champions, but we don't start out that way. We don't start out knowing a lot. And the older I get, the the more I realize I need to learn still. Come on, is anybody with me here today? And. So I want to always learn and I want to always grow. And that's one of the reasons I was so blessed with what Abe was sharing. And I I hope you responded in faith with what he was sharing. But it just blessed me because I'm learning still these beautiful scriptures are so full and we can keep drawing water, living water from the wells of God's promises. Amen. And we're never too old. I remember walking into Oral Roberts home when he was 85 between the time he was 80 and 90 years old in those last years of his life. And I 
Remember seeing him on his chair uh, reading his Bible. You know, a man who started a healing ministry, who pioneered seed time and harvest a revelation that has blessed the body of Christ and blessed the world for decades, a man who built a university that's still named after him all these years. Some of you have kids or you have relatives that went to college there. And I remember, though, after and he was also one of the greatest healing evangelists that ever lived. And God healed him. And then he was a healer of so many. And if you study revivals and you study the significant figures in the body of Christ throughout history in the last 2000 years, Oral, Oral Roberts would be one of those great heroes of our faith. But one of the things that made him a hero to me and one of the things that made him a spiritual father to me was that even when he was no longer in full time ministry, even after all of his accomplishments, I'd find him reading his Bible and studying the word of God and asking questions. And he'd say to me, what do you think about First Corinthians 14, verse 12? And I'd say, oh, well, you know what? I, I'd say a lot of things about that verse. But first, let me look that one up. Uh, and he wanted to learn what God was showing me, he called me once and said, and I'm not saying this about me, I'm saying this about him. He called me once. He said, I, I, I watched your your TV show on Holy Communion and I'm sick and I'm in the hospital again. He was maybe 83 or 84 years old at the time. And he said, would you come and serve me communion? I flew out to see him, went to the grocery store, got some grape juice and some crackers. And we took communion together. And it was a, a powerful moment. And he lived several years after that. And again, it has nothing to do with me, but that he would call a kid at that time. I was, you know, maybe I don't know. I wasn't even 40 years old at the time. Maybe it was 37, 38. I don't, I don't even know. It was. I really I have to think hard about how old I am today. So give me a break on that one. But that he would call somebody and want somebody to serve him communion who's 40 years younger than him. And he's accomplished so much. And I, I think that's the attitude I want to go into this next season of my life. I want to learn more and I want to grow more. And I, I started reading more. I don't, I'm just sharing sharing my my thoughts with you here openly, just letting you know that we need to never we need we need to never feel like we 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 got it all figured out. We have to just be willing to grow and and always be teachable and always be humble. And so I, I, I visit a passage of scripture that I find things from that are fresh that I want to share with you. Um, and if we would realize that God can use us right where we're at, say, God can use me. All I got to do is ask, you know, Isaac's Isaiah said that in Isaiah chapter six, didn't he? He said, here I am, Lord, use me, send me. God will use you if you ask him. God will use you if you ask him. Can anybody say amen? 
you don't have to have it all together. Joseph, God's about to use this boy, Joseph. He's 17 years old and he is going to reveal to his brothers something that they need to wake up to in their own lives. You know, when you do something that makes somebody hate you, what really is happening is God is giving that person an opportunity to overcome hate. God is giving that person an opportunity to love instead of hate. For what good is it just to be able to love when everyone is lovable? But isn't love more real love when the person's not lovable? Isn't love really real when a person doesn't deserve it or when a person is not reciprocating it? God loved us with no guarantee of reciprocation. He had no guarantee that we we're going to love him back, but he so loved us that he gave his only son. So I see this kid who's 17 years old. And I believe. As a result, God reveals something to us about this kid, it says in verse three, now Israel, which is Jacob's new name, Jacob became Israel and became the father of Israel through Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Now, Jacob's new name is Israel. And it says in Israel loved Joseph. You know, it's the first thing that we see about the, this father's relationship with his son is love. The father, Jacob, loved Joseph. And yes, it says that he loved him more than all of his other sons. And, but, and that's that's a flawed human to give us a picture that our heavenly father is so much better than this father. This father loves this boy more than all of his sons. But our heavenly father loves each one of us in the same way as if it was more than any other of his sons or daughters. He loves us that much, each of us. And Joseph didn't do anything to receive this love. He was just born. He even did something bad, like he's telling us like ratting on his brothers. You rat, you die in our world, right? Like the worst thing, the you know, the worst criminals have some of the best morals. It's funny sometimes like that. The criminals like no, the people that are in jail, they know don't rat on somebody else. But Christians gossip outside of jail. Now, I'm not saying that being a criminal is good. You understand the point. (laughs) My God, we're all criminals and he's forgiven us. We've all been thieves. We've stolen the attention from God. We've stolen the glory from God. It's amazing how many athletes when they win something, they say, I just want to give glory to God. It's amazing how many more don't say it. And they're stealing the glory from God. He deserves all the glory. Here we find a man who loves his son 
And it's a picture of how much God loves us and three powerful gifts that God gives us because he loves us, because he loves us. He gives us these gifts. Let me tell you what they are. Number one, he gives us his. Clothing. Number two, he gives us a dream. And number three, he gives us his presence. Number one, he gives us his clothing. The Bible says here that because Jacob loved his son Joseph so much, he made him a multicolored tunic, a many colored robe. I love that he made him this. He didn't just give it to him. He made it. He didn't just stop at the store. Ah, I've got to drop off something for my punk kid. <laughs> he. <laughs> he made it. When you think about a coat and I'll come to this in a moment. But when you think about a coat, a robe that God makes for us, what is it? Well, what does he clothe us with? He clothes us with his righteousness. He clothes us with the Holy Spirit. You know, most of the modern translations of the Bible. Perhaps don't get this word quite right. I mean, they get it right, but it's a it's a word that we don't really use much anymore. But it says in Acts chapter one that God, Jesus says to the disciples that you will be clothed with power from on high. So in speaking of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power and ability to pray in tongues and to prophesy and do the things that we've been talking about, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that he clothes us with power. He clothes us with the Holy Spirit. He clothes us. I want you to say that. Say, God clothes me with the Holy Spirit, with power, with righteousness, with the gifts of the spirit, with favor. Like when you recognize what a robe actually is, this robe represents this coat represents this clothing represents the gift of righteousness. It also represents God's acceptance. What did the father say when his son returned home? Bring the best robe and put it on my son. Clothe him with the best. Clothe him with the best. Bring the best robe. God clothes us with the best. He clothes us with his righteousness. He clothes us with his power. He clothes us with his Holy Spirit. And you know what? One thing that we should clothe ourselves with. He clothes us with all of those things. And the Bible tells us to clothe ourselves with one thing. And what is that one thing? God clothes us with his righteousness. God clothes us with his favor. God clothes us with his Holy Spirit. God clothes us with his power. And the one thing we must clothe ourselves with is humility. Amen. Clothe yourselves with humility. Clothe yourselves with humility. Let us never lose this beautiful characteristic of Jesus. Let us ever endeavor to be truly humble people clothed with humility for God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Wow. These three gifts that God gives us, he gives us. His clothing. He gives us a dream. 
and he gives us his presence. We should get acquainted with these things. We need to ask God to reveal to me this clothing that you have given me. Help me to understand how powerful it is and how I should use it for your glory. We should be praying, God, reveal to me your dream for my life. I got some dreams, Lord, but I want your dreams. You said you would give younger men visions and older men dreams. And that gives us hope that no matter where we're at in our lives, we can get a vision from God. We could get a dream from God. We're never too old to dream. We're never too young to have a vision. We should be praying, God, awaken me to your presence. Help me to become more aware of your presence. If he will never leave us or forsake us, why aren't we taking advantage of his presence in our lives? Why aren't we just rejoicing all the time in our lives? The Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. So why are we not experiencing fullness of joy in our lives? Because we are we are deceiving ourselves and the world is deceiving us and religion is deceiving us into thinking that we are not in God's presence when in fact we are in his presence. He's in our presence. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. And that is enough of a reason to be joyful. That is enough of a reason to have the fullness of joy. That is enough of a reason to celebrate all the days of our lives until the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is enough. And yet he gives us more than that. And yet he says here, you can pray these promises and that you, and you can know that I'm going to give it to you. You can know the father is going to give it to you in my name, Jesus said, so that your joy would be made full. Man. We are blessed people. Notice that none of these things are reserved strictly for Americans, for Western civilization, for the progressive developed part of the world. This is for anyone and everyone that calls on the name of Jesus as their savior. You can experience his clothing, his dream and his presence because you have those things. They are gifts already given. You simply have to receive them. All you have to do is just say amen. All you have to do is just receive them and humbly receive in humility, receive. Sometimes it's hard for people to receive because they are proud. They don't want to have to thank somebody or they don't want to have to admit that they they needed to get they needed a gift or they needed some help. It's never wrong to go to God when you need help or to even go to your family, your church. Maybe all the help you need can't come from one place, but because God is so good and so big, if you just have humility, you'll find the help you need. Somehow, some way, God will get it to you. It's funny, the it's amazing to me, these gifts that God gave to. Joseph through his father. He gave him his clothing, he God gave him the dream, but if it wasn't for the father having the father and the mother having the son, they, they, he wouldn't have had this dream, but he gives Joseph, his presence as well. 
It's the awareness of these things that prepare us for what lies ahead. Listen to what I'm saying. It is the awareness of these three things that we need to awaken to, that we need to cultivate, that we need to study, that we need to become acquainted with these three gifts, because these gifts are what prepare us for what lies ahead. And we do not know what lies ahead. We we didn't know in 2019 what was going to happen in 2020. We didn't know in the year 2000 what was going to happen in 2001. We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. Amen. And we've been given three gifts that will prepare us and make us ready to handle anything that comes. What is 2024 going to bring? What is 2030 going to bring? What is 2040 going to bring? It really doesn't matter. You know why? Because you are clothed. It really doesn't matter. You know why? Because you've been given three gifts. You've been given this clothing. You've been given a dream. You've been given God's presence. When your dreams alive, you'll fight through fire to see your dream happen. You'll endure anything. We see that Joseph has a dream. And when the brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers, in verse four, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him, could not speak to him on friendly terms. They were not his friend. It really sucks when your family isn't even your friend. But you got something that your family can't give you, and that is the presence of God. And Joseph maybe needed a lesson in humility here, like like don't be a snitch. (laughs) Joseph maybe needed a, a, a. He needed some humility in here. Don't tell everybody your dream before it happens. But these brothers needed to locate themselves. And what the father did for Joseph caused the other sons to locate themselves and to discover what was in their life that they needed to address. The hate that they had in their heart towards Joseph is not Joseph's fault. No matter what reasons you have to be bitter, to be hateful, to be angry at someone. Don't bite the bait. Because and if you do bite it and discover hate, deal with that yourself between you and God, because that's not an other person problem. When you blame anybody for your present state of mind, 
you've already lost the battle for the day because you will never face yourself. You'll never locate yourself. Am I just a multitude just wanting to be fed? Am I just a disciple that wants to be led or am I a lover that wants to lay my head on the bosom of Jesus? Whatever misfortune happens in your life and it will happen to all of us, we will all experience some misfortune, some more than others. But everybody has and everybody will experience some level of misfortune. And it is a wake up call for you to address where you're locating the blame and where you're placing the blame. And when you find any other human being to be the reason for why you are in the mental state of mind you are in, you must realize that you are dealing with something that you have to crucify in your own life. You're finding some self that you need to die to. There's some self about us, our personality and, you know, the gifts that we have, that part of ourself we don't die to. We 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 sanctify it. We 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 give it to God. We surrender it to God and let him work on it. But the areas of our life where we where pride meets us, where our hate, where our mistrust, where our anger, we see that in our lives. We we have to God, be honest. Don't deceive ourselves, not be people. Let's not be people to hear the word of God and think that hearing it is the same as doing it. Because when you're a hearer and not a doer, the Bible says you deceive yourself. We need to realize, even though we're loved by our father, even though we're clothed with the Holy Spirit, clothed with righteousness, clothed with the power of God, clothed with the armor of God. Even though God's presence is with us at all times, even though we have a dream, misfortune will come. People will betray. Life will feel like you're in the pit sometime. The people closest to you won't understand sometimes. Can I get an amen? amen. But God's presence is greater. People will say things about you, but God's presence is greater. You'll say stupid things and do stupid things, but God's presence is greater. Stupid things will be said about you and stupid things will be done to you, but God's presence is greater. These gifts from God are exactly what we need to handle whatever we will face. 
I'm clothed with righteousness. Therefore, I'm not going to be condemned by this. I blew it, but I'm not going to beat myself up. Jesus took the beating. I believe I'm the righteousness of God. Now, I'm not going to let somebody shame me. I'm not going to shame myself. I'm not going to make myself feel bad. I'm going to declare that if God before me, who can be against me? This is what you do because you know you're clothed with righteousness. This is what you do when you know you're clothed with power. I have a loved one that's sick. What am I going to do? You're clothed with power. Go lay hands on them. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. Pray in tongues. You're clothed with power to pray in Holy Spirit, to pray in the Holy Spirit, to pray in tongues. That is a gift you have access to. Everyone does, whether you're using it or not. If you're born again, you have access to that gift. All you got to do is ask God for it. Boy, when people do you wrong and you do you wrong, how many know? We do us wrong more than anybody else does us wrong. We do ourselves wrong more than anybody, but we blame others more than we take responsibility for ourselves. We have to wake up to this. We have to know that we've been given the gift of righteousness so that we can face our demons and it won't make us crumble. We can face our demons. We can face our weaknesses. We can face what's where our real level in life. We can face the real level we're at. Like, I think I'd like to think I'm at this level, but if I'm going to be honest, I'm really at this level. I'm going to be honest about it, but I have the gift of righteousness so I can handle the truth. Or can't you? (laughs) The greatest disappointments will be your greatest opportunities to trust God, that he can turn disappointment into his appointment. What distinguishes us from the world, as I said earlier, is not our morals. There are many people who are not even saved who have good morals. There are many people who are saved who have bad morals. It's the presence. What distinguishes us from the world? It's the presence that we are carrying, the presence of God. In Genesis 39, verse one, Joseph was brought down to Egypt. He was brought down to Egypt. Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, bought him from the hands of the Ishmaelites. So he's been thrown in a pit by his brothers, sold into slavery to the Ishmaelites and the Ishmaelites sold him to Potiphar. But verse two says, but the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. One translation says a successful man. One translation says everything he did was successful. Why is it that everything he could do was successful? And why is it he could be called a prosperous man or a successful man, even though he was at that time a slave in Potiphar's house? It's because he was clothed. It's because he had a dream. And it's because he had God's presence. What made him prosperous was not his location. What made him prosperous are the gifts that he got when he was born and when he was 17 years old. So he was ready for whatever came around the bend because he had these gifts from father 
God, his heavenly father, your heavenly father. We have these gifts. We have these same three gifts. We've been clothed like Joseph was clothed. We've been given a dream like Joseph's been given a dream. We've been given God's presence even better than Joseph was given God's presence. God's presence was with Joseph, but God's presence is in us. So we don't just have the benefit of God being with us. We don't just have the benefit of God being for us, but we also have the benefit of God being in us. Listen, when you understand this, you have the advantage over the devil's lies. You have the advantage over what people do to you. You have the advantage over what mistakes you've made. You have the advantage. You have the winning edge. You have the winning advantage. You are the champion because you have these three things. It doesn't matter what comes against you, because one of these three things is sufficient or a combination of them is sufficient for whatever you will ever face in your life. And will you even face? Will we even face times like this where we are put in prison? where we are put in pits. Well, we don't know what the future holds, but we should learn now in case we are ever in those situations. We should learn now what we have, because that is making us ready for whatever we will face and whatever will come our way. We will be fully equipped. Now, it will be great that we don't have to use it all. It'll be great that we don't have to use our equipment to get in the, to get out of those situations. But it's just like the more ready you are, the less the devil really tries to mess with you because he knows what you're made of. And when you know what you're made of, he knows what you're made of. And he gets the heck out of town, because when he says come, when somebody says, come out of him in the name of Jesus, he says that demon's going to say, Jesus, I know Paul, I know. But who are you? Listen, when you know who you are, the devil knows who you are. When you know who you are, the devil doesn't want to mess with you. We got to become acquainted with this acquainted with these gifts, this gift to prophesy. What a gift. What a blessing. We can be the most depressed in our life and still say God is with me. We can still prophesy. I'm going to see better days. We can still declare that unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of living, I would have despaired unless I believe I believe I'm going to see the goodness of God. I call on goodness. I call on mercy. Come here. Come closer. I know you're back there somewhere. I know you're following me somewhere. I know you've been following a little too far. You need to follow me a little closer. Goodness, you need to follow me a little closer. Mercy, I need you to stay with me. Come a little closer. Don't be that far behind me. Come closer. I know you're behind me, but come closer. Hey, call on those things. Call them forth. Everyone here who has a dog understands this. You don't call your dog when he's sitting right there in front of you. But when you don't have him there, you start calling his name and guess what he does? He comes. Why? Because he knows. His name and he knows his owner. Listen, the things that you need in life, they know your name. They know how to find you, but you got to call them or they'll stay where they're at. Your dog might be with his dog girlfriend. (laughs) He's not coming if you don't call him. He's not. He's not. (laughs) Moses said in Exodus 33, 
if your presence does not go with us, don't even bring us up from here. Like if your presence is only here, we're staying here. Like here might be success. Here might be fame and fortune. Here might be all the accolades. But if God is with you right where you are here and he's not with all that stuff, you're better off where you are. Now, God can give you those things. God can do those things. But if his presence and his fingerprints aren't on them, I don't want them. Uh, It's the blessing of the Lord, Abe said earlier. It's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. If you're seeking riches and it's full of sorrow, that's not the blessing of the Lord. That's your futile efforts to compensate for feeling insecure and that you're running out and you're not going to have enough. But you need to know Jehovah Jireh is in you and you have enough. You just haven't been calling it. It's there. It's following you, but it's following you way too far back. But you got to call it forward. You got to you got to prophesy it into existence or prophesy it into getting in front of you. I hey goodness. I know you're following me, but get out and lead the way now. How can you say you could call on goodness and mercy that's following you? Because if it's following me, that means, hey, when you're following your leader, that means you do what the leader says. I'm the leader of the goodness and mercy. It's not the leader of me. So I'm calling it to come closer. I'm calling it to get out in front of me. I'm calling since it's following me. That means got to follow my orders. See, we we just restrict God so much by thinking that there's only one way to look at something. You know, there are so many more ways of looking at things than the way you're looking at them right now. God looks at it. God sees it from every dimension and we see it from one and we think we're right. That's the that's the tragedy of it all, that we can only see such a limited viewpoint, yet we think we're right. And God sees it from every viewpoint. And we're like, I'm not so sure he's going to meet my needs. That's as much pride as saying I'm my own God. Mm. Mm. David said, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because of who's elected in government, because of what's going on in our country, what's going on in the world. No, we'll fear no evil for thou art with me. Thou art with me. He's with me. He's with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Fear will come, but you won't. Let it control you. You won't employ it. You won't hire it. You won't identify with it when you know that you're in Christ. You'll identify with him. Your life is hidden in Christ. The Bible says your life is hidden in Christ. Guess what? If your life is hidden in Christ, the devil can't get you. Oh, you know, but if you sin and if you do this and if you make that mistake and if you do that, you're going to let the devil in. Really? Then everyone needs to stay after service and we need to cast out all the devils in you because there are a lot of them. Because if the if we if something we do can bring the devil into the situation, then we, we are all demon possessed because we've all done things 
quote unquote, that our sins, quote unquote, whether they're in our mouth or in our body or in our words or in our actions or in our thoughts, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If sin gives the devil an advantage in your life, it really doesn't. I'm saying my whole point is it doesn't give the devil access into your life. The devil doesn't have access to your life because your life is hidden with Christ in God. And yes, your mistakes or sins can bring natural circumstances as a result. They do not have the power to let the devil in your life. And you got to wake up and realize he's just the accuser of the brethren. He doesn't have any authority. We've been given the authority. The Bible says that when we submit to God, resist the devil, he'll flee. Submitting to God is not living a perfect life because that would be impossible for all of us. Submitting to God is agreeing with God. Where did I let the devil in is a question for the fool. Just declare I'm not letting him in because I have authority over him. If every time we do something wrong, somehow it weakens us and gives the devil access into our lives. What a bad covenant. That's a bad covenant. We don't have a bad covenant. We have a blood covenant. His blood is badder than the baddest bad that could ever happen in your life. The devil can't cross the bloodline. He can't cross the bloodline. The first thing the Bible says, we overcome the accuser of the brethren by the blood of the lamb. Bitterness is found in the heart of the one who refuses to believe that he will see the goodness of God no matter what it looks like right now. You're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Say that, say no matter how it looks right now, I'm going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I refuse to become a victim of anything that happens in my life. Timing is on my side because God is on my side. Angels are on my side because God is on my side. Healing is on my side because God is on my side. Victory is on my side because God is on my side. Peace is on my side because God is on my side. The blessings of God are on my side because God is on my side. I am covered, washed, protected, delivered by the blood of Jesus. Therefore, Satan has no power over me. And whatever happens in my life, God is going to turn it into something good. Amen. You know, these boys that threw Joseph in the pit, they ended up seeing their brother again. First time they saw him, though, they didn't recognize him, did they? They saw the leader of the world. And they begged bread for him from him. His dream eventually came to pass. But when given the opportunity to be bitter, to use his power to get back at them, to use his power to hurt them as they they had hurt him. 
he said to them, I know. Guys, you meant evil against me. It's okay. God meant it for good. You, you guys, you've said this, you've done that. No matter what you did to me, God meant it for good. What the enemy sends to defeat you, God bends to complete you. Don't ever forget that. Let's stand together. Say, this is my day. It's my breakthrough day. It's my turnaround day. I turn the ship of my life. I turn it around with my tongue, with my words. Things are turning in my favor because I've been clothed. I've received the gift of the clothing of the Holy Spirit, the clothing of righteousness, the clothing of God's favor. I am clothed with God's power. God has given me a dream and he will reveal it at the right time. And God has given me his presence and he will always be with me. Therefore, what the enemy sends to defeat me, God bends to complete me. What the enemy meant for evil, God turns it into something good. In Jesus name, just say, I receive that something good. I receive that something good. I receive that something good. I receive it. I expect it. I prophesy it in Jesus name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise and thanks. Well, thank you again so much for joining me today on the podcast. I'm praying that God is using this message to speak to you today. And I want to encourage you right now, if Life Changers is one of the platforms from which you're growing spiritually and you feel blessed and empowered by the content here, I want to ask you to go to lifechangerschurch.com slash give and become one of the givers, one of the people that is changing lives with me around the world. Become a greater part of what God is doing. Become a part of something bigger than just you or bigger than just me, what God is doing around the world through this ministry. You can give a one-time gift or become a recurring giver. Remember, the church is not a place, it's a people. Let's work together as the church to bring more people into the family of God. Go to lifechangerschurch.com slash give to give or click the link in the description. And thank you in advance. Remember, God's not mad at you. He is mad about you. He's in love with you and he is on your side. God bless.